On this episode of Scammer Stories, a woman who actually met her guy in person. These cases are difficult for different reasons from the typical romance scam with scumbags overseas. This one involves a real man in the U.S. who swindles multiple women out of money while leading a double life. The biggest issue with these stories from this kind of victim is police don't take them seriously, prosecutors don't file charges, and so journalists won't cover the story. This woman needs to get the word out in order to find other victims and strengthen her case. I need to say that since this hasn't been investigated fully by the local police, these are her words. We'll call her Veronica. Here's Veronica's story. I met this man on Tinder in July 2021. I noticed from the start he was different. You know, he asked to talk on the phone immediately, um, which was new because most guys on these apps usually just want to text. So he wanted to get to know me more. Um, and he stood out where he was very consistent. He wasn't flaky. He was texting every morning and, a, you know, it caught my attention. And, you know, so he actually lives in Las Vegas. His name is Richard Turner. And I live in Los Angeles. He started off spending the money and the time to win her over. And he came out to go on our first date. He flew out to see me. He even offered to fly me out to Vegas. And, you know, I was interested. So I said, you know, sure, why not give it a shot? And so he came out here and we had a great time. And, you know, I knew that he had two kids. And so when I was getting to know him more, I asked him if he's ever been married. And he said, no, never been married. And he said that his baby mama had an affair with a famous choreographer in LA and he wasn't sure if his second kid was his, but he had offered to, you know, take him under his wing because he raised him for a year already. And he claimed that, you know, the person that she had an affair with didn't want to have anything to do with the kids because he was a famous choreographer and he was never around because he was traveling. So, you know, at this point we're dating and I was enjoying his company, his conversation and then I, you know, started to question certain things like, why is he only calling me or we're only talking when he's in the car? You know, we never spoke when, you know, he was at home. So I did think that was a little strange. The red flags led to a bombshell. And then I find out that he is actually married. And I confronted him about this, you know, in a gentle manner, not angry. And he told me that he didn't marry her out of love. He told me that he wasn't married because he didn't love her. He said that he was just trying to help her out with papers. So how'd you find out? (laughs) I mean, I did some digging because I was curious because, you know, he mentioned the choreographer and he wasn't very difficult to find. And so I went on to his social media and I scrolled down his page. She's Japanese and I found somebody and I was like, huh, she's wearing a wedding ring. And then she also had a family page and I've seen pictures of his kids. I was like, okay, well, this is definitely her. And so I was like, why is she still wearing a ring if he told me he's never been married? So that's when I asked him and that's when he told me, you know, that they had been married for papers. And so he's just waiting for her to get citizenship. So that they had lived together um, just to show that it was actually legit. And I asked him, I was like, so how long have you been married? And he said two years and he was planning to divorce her in the next two years. So she does what we've all done in past relationships, including myself. We rationalize. 
So, you know, and I know people that have been in that position and, you know, so I believed him and, and I asked him, I was like, but you guys have kids together. So, you know, if you didn't love her and he was like, well, we had to live together. Then we started sleeping together and, you know, she had accidentally gotten pregnant. So we gave it a shot and it just didn't work out because she just loved somebody else. And it was sort of believable because one, they didn't follow each other on social media and she didn't post any pictures of him, but she was also commenting saying that she had a husband. So I thought she was just also putting on a show to make it seem like that she was married for papers, but they didn't follow each, each other and she wasn't, he wasn't posting her or anything like that. So I went ahead and we went through, you know, the relationship and he was still showing consistency. He was still coming out here to see me. And then once we were in an exclusive relationship, he started talking a lot about money. I mean, he was talking about it beforehand. When we first met, he told me that he was a co-owner of a restaurant, that he was an entrepreneur, that he was a professional poker player, and that he was an investor. And um, it was hard for me to see anything because we didn't live in the same city. But he seemed to know what he was talking about because he would talk about numbers a lot and money and percentages and business deals. I, I thought, wow, he, he knows a lot about business. And so once we were in an exclusive relationship, he started talking about money a lot more, like probably almost every day, every other day. And then he was talking a lot about poker because he was a professional poker player. And he started sending me videos and pictures of his poker winnings. And I initially, I thought he was just sharing about his life. I didn't know that it was directed towards me in any way for any intention. And then he started talking about staking and how... He's made money for people and helped them get out of debt. Hang on. We'll explain what he meant by staking in just a minute. And so I thought, wow, like he's he's a nice guy. And, you know, once we were exclusive, he was like, I care about you. I know you're a single mom. You know, I want to help you out in your situation. And, you know, let me make you some money, you know. And so I asked a lot of questions about staking and poker. And he said, you know, I'm a professional poker player you know, we don't gamble. It's a skill to us. It's our primary job. So, you know, we always win more than we lose. And he really talked up like a good game, especially because he was talking about it all the time. And, you know, in between all the talk between the money, he's, he, it was, you know, like, I love you. You know, I want to make sure you and your kids are okay and that you're financially free. So staking is um, when you give a poker player some money and they win you money and then you split the winnings. So he was explaining it like an investment. So he said it'd be like a one-time deal, like you just pay this much. And then he promised me as much as 32000 a month. And I believe that he was making that much because he was sending me pictures showing that one night he made $67,000 in one night. And he just gave me so many examples just to show that he was a good guy. And I believed him. And so I gave him $10,000. And the first month of staking, you know, I didn't see 32000 I saw $1,100 and he was short $90 in paying me. And I bring this up and he's like, oh yeah, I'll take care of it. And I have text messages showing our conversation about this where I'm confused about the money because this is what you said and you've told me three different things. So I realized after I gave him the money, it was a lot of excuses. And so I asked for my money back. I, I asked for it three times. And the first time was because I got hit with my daughter's hospital bill, which was $8,000. 
So I asked him for my staking money back and he offered to pay for my daughter's bill. He would say things like, this is the last thing I want you to worry about. I'm not going anywhere. Let me pay for your daughter's bill. And on top of that, let me also make you money. And so I was like, okay, let me see if he'll pay for it. And so it wasn't done. And I asked for the money a second time. He's like, no, there's just miscommunication. I pay for all my bills at the end of the month. I'll take care of it. And so it wasn't paid for at the end of the month. And then me and him got into an argument where I asked for it a third time. I had accused him of cheating because I thought he was. And he said it was all a lie. And he's like, you made me so mad. I blew all your money at the table. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm sorry. She made you mad. We just won't worry about that $10,000 then. And he's like, but I'm going to win it all back. And then I'm going to pay you. And then you and I will be done. And so at that point, I thought like, like you just blew my money. <laughs> you know, me accusing you of cheating has nothing to do with our business. It was just another excuse for him not to pay me back. Then a world event happened that led to the scam taking a totally different turn. At that point, it was like March, mid-March 2022. And um, the Children's Hospital in Ukraine was blown up. And, you know, I like to give to charity. And when I saw that, I just I just felt in my heart to, you know, give the money and I can work double shifts. Just because there was such a need at the time, I told him, I was like, hey, the staking money that you're going to um, pay me back, please donate it to, to Ukraine. And he had agreed and he made me believe for months that the money was won back and donated. And so when it came to it was about two months ago in November, I asked him for the receipts. You know, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, let me email it to you. I got to search through my email. But then after that, it was excuse after excuse where, oh, uh, my, my email won't work. My Google Authenticate won't work. And then finally, I realized you didn't really donate this. So I'm going to report it. Um, I'm going to report you for theft. And then that's when he started to gaslight me where he was like, well, I know I'm paying you back five grand after taxes. I'm like, when did we ever have that conversation? And so things got messy. And so I decided to reach out to the wife, which I did. And I explained to her what happened. And she never responded, which I thought was weird. Mm. So after that, I go and find the guy that he claimed that she had an affair with. And I found him. I spoke to him one day when I was heading home from work. And I told him what was going on and what happened to my money. And he says, there's no possible way I can have an affair with her. I'm 100% gay. So there was no affair to start with. <laughs> I had an attorney write both of them an email just stating the facts. And of course, he claimed that they didn't get anything. So I paid a process server to hand deliver my demand letter because I don't want them saying they didn't get anything. So she's the one that actually answered the door. And the process server said that when she saw who it was from, she actually didn't want to take it. So it sounds like she might be in on it. Right, exactly. Because it's like, you know, there's a lot of money involved. You guys are obviously married because all she has to do is respond to my attorney even and just say, I, I don't I don't know anything about this, but she hasn't done anything. And then I started doing more digging where I was like, because I look back at those messages, you know, you know, when you kind of look back at things and they're more clear. Oh, yeah. Than they were. Yeah. yeah. So when I saw those text messages, I was like, oh, wow, he definitely scammed me because he slowly started to groom me. He slowly started talking about money. Then it was all the time. Then it was me and it was us and the money and our future together it was crystal clear. And I was like, there was no way that this could just be me. So I started doing more digging and I thought like, gosh, who else is there and how can I find them? So I, I honestly just got lucky in my investigation 
because I was sitting at work one day and I was literally just like praying, like, God, I just like, give me one person that he's done this to. And a story on one of our dates popped up where he mentioned a girl's name that he used to date and what she did for a living in LA. So I literally Googled her name, her profession and Los Angeles and her LinkedIn popped up. When her LinkedIn popped up, it showed her current workplace. So I emailed her workplace to ask to speak to her. And we spoke later that day. And I said, you know, this isn't a business matter. I'm calling you for something personal. Um, I dated somebody that you dated a long time ago. And um, he scammed me out of a lot of money. And I'm wondering if he did the same to you. I never mentioned his name. And the first thing she said was, I know exactly who you're talking about. And he actually got 15000 from her. And um, the story he told her, she said it was the same thing where, you know, she he started talking about poker, showing her pictures and videos. And he's targeted me as a single mom. He targeted her as an immigrant. So, you know, she came to this country. She was by herself. She was just starting her career. You know, he was offering to, you know, help her. And, you know, she didn't know anybody here. So I think he used that to his advantage. And she took out her life savings at the time and also took out a personal loan for him. So she found out later on that he actually bought a car. And then when she gave him another chunk of money, she started asking questions because she started to question if he was married as well. So she actually reached out to the wife too. And the wife said, you know, he just told me that you were just a really good friend. We've been together for the last five years and I'm going to believe him. And, you know, we just got married and we're expecting our first kid. So when she confronted him about this information, he said, I don't even know if that kid is mine. I didn't want to involve you. And then he started threatening her with the money where he said she was asking too many questions and he's part of the cartel. The threats are a different aspect of a scam that often work with honest people like you and me, but it's bullshit. Don't fall for it. Yeah. And the cartel were getting upset that she was asking so many questions that he had to pay out her deeds to save her life. So he gave the 10000 to the cartel. When the threats don't work, they come up with yet another excuse after another excuse. Later on, he says that he worked for the FBI and he ratted out on the cartel and they got him an apartment in Pasadena. <laughs> so the stories are very creative. Yes. <laughs> you know, and at the time she was, you know, she was young. She was 23 you know, she, she didn't know anybody. She was alone here. So she was scared and she didn't say anything for fear of her life. And she has a year worth of journals talking about their relationship and how scared she was. So she was the first person I found. And, you know, crazy thing is she still has all her text messages from him from five years ago. She has screenshots. She's like, when we broke up, she was like, I wanted to delete all this stuff, but there was something that told me to save it. So she saved it in an app. I have all her messages and the transaction from the money that she took out for the loan and him threatening her. So, you know, I have all of that. And so then the third person I found, I found her through a background check. So I ran a background check on him. And if you do a background check, it'll show associates. And I thought like, how are they associated with him? So I look at their background check and I see that they had shared an address at the same point in time. And then when I searched their social media, I was like, okay, they're young girls. He has a type. He loves Asian women. And all these women were Asian. I was like, he definitely dated these girls at some point. So when you do a background check, it'll also show a few phone numbers that might possibly be active. Can you tell us how you did the background check? Hire a private investigator, okay. which I've used in the past. But this one is was a super affordable, you know, you could do white pages. You could do, there's a few of them out there that are online. And you pay like $20, $30 
and it's good for a month and you can search up to like, I think 10 names, all of them are a little bit different. And so, um, so that's, yeah, but it'll show associates. And so that's how I found some of these girls. And I reached out to the third person and come to find, he has another kid. (laughs) So he has a teenage daughter (laughs) and this girl said that, you know, he didn't exactly scam her the same way, but he gave her the false impression of a future together that she's in debt from it. So, and I have all this in text messages again. And she says that she, it's been more than 15 years and she still gets debt collector calls because of him. So, um, and you know, she did offer to, you know, write a testimony or testify, but she's been really quiet lately. So I think maybe she kind of realized like, oh, this is, you know, her daughter's father and she, maybe she doesn't want to bad mouth him or, you know, make it messy because it sounds like she's kind of moved on. And so then the fourth person I find, um, I did the same way through the background check. One of his associates, they shared an address together. So this fourth girl I found is actually a girl that he cheated on with, with the third girl. So the third girl he was kind of going back and forth with. So this next girl, um, so she has gone through a lot. She's actually, she lost uh, $50,000 and her situation is similar, but different to um, as far as like the intensity, because it was very, very abusive where he used a lot of his manipulation and abuse, emotional and physical abuse to financially abuse her. Even when it came down to, he didn't have a car, so he was using her car. And so, you know, he said she was telling me that he would park her car in red and it would get towed and her mom would pay for it. And um, she financially supported him. And whenever, you know, she would ask about her money, he would say something like, I had to give your money to somebody homeless. Dude. Men like you make women homeless. So sickening. But she knew that it was going to the casino. So I didn't realize that he had a, a, a really bad addiction until I started talking to the other two women from his past. You know, because he really made me believe that he was a pro and, you know, he doesn't gamble. It's a skill. <laughs> so one of my friends is actually a professional poker player. He's never heard of this guy and says all of the terms he used aren't used in the professional world. Now, with that said... I looked up all these terms on the internet first, and it took me down so many rabbit holes. It was really confusing. So what's the answer? The law thinks they're gullible. What the actual scam hell? But these girls would say, you know, as soon as he gets his check or as soon as he gets his tax return, it was straight to the casino and he'd lose it all. Did he actually have a real job at all? I mean, I hear different stories. So, you know, I was he told me that he helped open up restaurants at Chipotle and then come to find, you know, he, he worked there. I don't know what his role was, but I was told from several girls actually that he had no car at the time. And so they were giving him rides to work and picking him up. One of the girls, actually, she paid for all their dates. So I thought it was kind of interesting. Cause I'm like, I mean, he has a job like, and I, I just think he just has a really bad gambling addiction and he uses it to con people to support his habit. So the the fourth girl that I found, you know, she lost a lot of money through through his abusive tactics of, you know, scaring her. And, you know, it's very when you hear her story, you know, her, her testimony that she gave me is 12 pages. And it's that typical, you know, the typical textbook abuse relationship that we hear where it's hard for the women to get out. And then when she finally does, she's literally running for her life. So that was her situation, but she lost a lot of money. And then the other two I found actually were men. So two men, not exactly a romance scam, but um, 
he fooled them into, I don't know if you'd consider it theft, but it was rent related where he said he couldn't pay for rent. And so these guys covered his rent. And then he did something with the leasing paperwork where he stayed in the apartment when the other guy had moved out. And because the other guy had his name on the lease and Richard kept his name out of it, the other guy was responsible. So he ended up with a little more than $7,000 worth of debt. And then his credit score was ruined for seven years. Oh, my gosh. He had to, yeah, he had to move out of state because he wasn't getting approved for any apartments here in L.A. And then the fourth, the the last guy that I found, um, it wasn't as much money, but it was $4,000 and it was also rent related. He said that Richard didn't pay for rent for months. And when he tried reaching out to him and looking for him, he was blocked from all social media. He changed his phone number. And he said that he had called the cops, but the cops said that it was a civil case. He didn't hear from Richard, actually. He just he just got up and left and didn't pay for his responsibilities. But regardless, all the guys did say that he talked about poker a lot with them and offered to make them money. But the guys had declined. It was just the women that had said yes. And we were all in relationships with him. Don't think these women didn't try to open an investigation. This is what he does. And I've tried to go to the cops. I have a huge folder binder that with all the evidence and, you know, I'm being told they can't do anything and it's a civil case. So I guess at this point, I just kind of want to get the word out and just, you know, make people aware of who he is and just to be careful. So did you get a lawyer to go ahead with the civil case or where are you with that? Well, because my money is only $10,000 and those people that I found are past the statute of limitations they're saying they can't do much. I mean, I'm trying to show a pattern of behavior. These women, they were scared, so they didn't say anything. It's not like they didn't want to. They were just they were just scared. So because my money was only $10,000, um, I'm being told you can only go to civil small claims court. And here in California, they don't allow lawyers into small claims court. So I just have to make sure I have everything all together, which I do. Yeah. So that's my next step since I can't do anything criminally. I mean, I do think the laws have to be changed because this is a crime. It is fraudulent. You know, the last detective I spoke to, um, I had a friend help me out with a specific penal code. He's an attorney and he was like, show this to them and show that he meets all the elements that he broke this law. And so I go there and the detective investigates and said, you know, he plays poker. I'm like, yeah, I know he plays poker. That's what he's using to con people. But he's claiming to be a professional and the intent is there for him not to give back the money. Yeah, he gave me back a little bit, but so he he's, he gave back a little bit to the other girl, but then he comes up with all these excuses not to pay us back. So where is our money? I even think he stole from charity. You said that this money that you were going to win me back has been donated and now you can't give me receipts. You know, so the law is very, you know, it's really just the system where, yeah, morally it's not right. But I guess I guess there's just a fine line where we made this deal. It was supposed to be an investment. But I'm trying to say there's an intent because he has a history. But then they're not counting any of that because it's so old now, you know. So, I mean, if I find more recent girls, it might help. But I, it's not like this guy took a break in between everybody that I found. I just think if they opened up an investigation, they would find a lot more. I was told by um, one attorney, you know, take it to the state level. So I did send a message to um, the DA in Nevada who actually sent my email to a detective. And when I told the detective what was going on, he presented to the DA and the DA is like, no, it's civil. 
and I don't know why it's civil because I found two cases just here in LA where men have fraudulently said, this is what they do, invest in my company and the women do. And those, those, those men are in federal prison. I just would hate for him to harm somebody like this again. I would have rather gotten scammed by somebody, you know, out of the country, out of a lot more money, because this man really made me feel like, you know, that we had something going, that we had a future together, that he cared about me and my kids, only to find out like you're, you're legitimately married and you definitely con me. And, you know, and one of the girls actually said the restaurant that he worked at, he never co-owned it. She was like, he was a busser there. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> if you think you might be a victim of the same scammer, send me an email at scammerstoriespodcast at gmail.com and I'll send it to her. I'm really hoping this podcast helps her connect with other women. I'm also interested to hear everyone's thoughts on this type of scam. Share your thoughts in the comment section of the Facebook page. And if you would be so kind to leave a one-time small donation to help me keep this podcast going, I'll put a link in the show notes. Every bit helps, right? Until next time, Scammer Warriors. <laughs>